This is episode number 105 with John Gabriel. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl and Open Wide. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? John is the author of The Gabriel Method, an international bestseller that's helping people all over the world to lose weight without dieting. And his newest book, Visualization for Weight Loss, explores the powerful technique that helped John drop 103 kilos in two and a half years without dieting surgery or deprivation and it didn't depend on calorie counting or extreme exercise rather he changed his biochemistry and neural pathways in turn this helped lower stress and its associated inflammatory chemicals in his body allowing him to lose weight easily and naturally. And in today's episode, we talk about his journey from being obese and working on Wall Street to losing 103 kilos in two and a half years and how he did it. We also chat about the life-altering experience that happened to him on September 11, 2001. We talk about how he lost the weight without dieting or restricting himself the power of visualization for weight loss and living your dream life, why diets and restriction don't work, why stress is making you put on and hold on to weight, what the Gabriel Method is and why it is so powerful, why some bodies hold on to weight and what you can do to change that, the exact three steps to lose the stubborn weight, the holistic approach to weight loss, how to start using visualization today, plus so much more. And for everything that we mention in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes and that is over at melissarambrosini.com forward slash 105. And before we dive into today's episode, I want to read the review of the week. And that comes from Tanya Gibson. And she says, Melissa's show is nothing short of inspiring. Each episode is refreshing, enlightening, and uplifting. The expert guests and in-depth discussions always leave me with new knowledge, lessons, or thoughts. Thank you, Melissa, for creating such an incredible show. Well, thank you, Tanya, for listening and for leaving that beautiful review. I am so grateful. And if you want to be the review of the week next week, head on over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review there. And now let's bring on the incredibly inspiring, the beautiful John Gabriel. Welcome, John. It is so great to have you on the show. And before we dive in, I would love to hear what you had for breakfast this morning. Hey, Melissa. Great to be here. Thanks. 
That's a really personal question, especially when it comes to uh, people that are weight conscious. They're, they find that their food is very personal. But I had, well, I've been making these veggie broths lately. That's something that I, I love. What I do is I just boil some really healthy green veggies for a couple hours. I do that about once a week and I put it in mason jars. And, uh, and then I drink it and then I put those mason jars in the fridge and then I drink it cold throughout the day. I, I season them with uh, some healthy salt and some cayenne pepper and put some garlic and onion in there and scallions. And it's a really nice drink. So I had a couple of glasses of that cold. I had some spirulina. I had this really healthy bread that Kayleen, my wife, is making these days with made with um, eggs and coconut flour. And um, what else? Oh, and I had a big salad, actually. I had a uh, big salad with sprouts and lettuce and kimchi and tempeh and uh, hummus and uh, lots of other good things, some... Um, Avocado oil and uh, balsamic. I had a really, I had a really big breakfast, by the way, if you can't tell. And then I had, a pro- and then I had a protein shake after that. So I had a really, really big breakfast. I was hungry this morning. That sounds absolutely delicious. I am totally coming over. I have had the pleasure of eating with you. And whenever we do get together, we always have epic feasts. So I will be there for breakfast. Don't you worry about that. Awesome. You're welcome anytime for sure. Now. Tell us about your story and how you got to where you are today and specifically how you lost around about 100 kilos in two and a half years, which is just mind-blowing. So can you tell us a little bit about your story and how that all happened? The biggest thing about my story, which is really where I'm, when I'm out in the world talking about weight loss is... The fact that I lost the weight without restrictive dieting, uh, I was not restricting myself. I was not measuring portions. There was nothing that I couldn't eat, and yet I still lost the hundred kilos. And that was back in two thousand and four. And I've been the same weight pretty much since since two thousand and four. And I still don't measure food or count calories or do any of the typical diet things. And what's interesting though is that before I lost the weight, I went on an eleven year period where I was just gaining weight and gaining weight despite any effort that I could to, to lose weight. And, uh, and I pretty much tried everything to lose weight. This was back in the 1990s. I was living in New York. I was working on Wall Street. Uh, and as soon as I moved to New York and started working on Wall Street, I started gaining weight. And I didn't think too much about it in the beginning. But the thing is, I just kept gaining. And I got to this place where I probably gained about 50 pounds. And I said, all right, you know, I got to do something about this. I did what everybody did. I went on a diet because that's what we're all conditioned and that's what we're all taught is it's all about calories in and calories out and you just need to eat less and exercise more. So I ate less, I exercised more, uh, I did all these things and, um, and what happened was I'm, I, didn't, I, I lost maybe a couple of pounds through sheer brute force and then I gained the weight back because I'd have cravings all the time. So I was basically fighting cravings for pizza and all the bad foods that you're not supposed to have, especially in New York. You know, there's just so many amazing restaurants and they all deliver and pizza is, is just unbelievable. And so I gained the weight back. And what happened then is I went on a period of time for over uh, about an eight year period where I just tried so many different ways to lose weight. I tried every diet that I could find, including working face to face with the late Dr. Atkins from the Atkins diet. So he's, he's not around anymore, but uh, he was alive back in the 90s. He was living in New York, and I was his client. I, I spent thousands and thousands of dollars working with him. I would meet with him every Monday morning for months. And in the end, he just yelled at me for being so fat. He goes, what are you doing? You're killing yourself. And I thought, 
is that really the best you can do? I mean, I'm spending thousands of dollars with you. I'm following your advice. You think I'm going to lose weight because you're mad at me? You think yelling at me is going to help? Like I don't have my own motivation? But I wasn't losing weight. I would lose a little bit of weight and then I'd have these cravings and then I'd gain the weight back. And, uh, and when I say I tried everything, I, worked face, I, worked, I went to the Pritikin Institute and worked with Nathan Pritikin's son. I did acupuncture. I did homeopathy. I met with all kinds of doctors and naturopaths. And the same thing would happen every time. Basically, whatever the diet was, I'd follow to the letter. And there'd always be this whole list of things that you can't have. No wheat, no sugar, no dairy. Whatever it was, I'd follow the diet to the letter. And I'd lose a little bit of weight over, let's say, a three-week period of just sheer brute force and willpower. I'd lose the weight. But I'd be at war with my body. Every day would be a battle. I'd be fighting cravings night and day. And then eventually... I'd be too tired and too stressed out, and I'd have a binge. And I could, when I couldn't fight my cravings anymore, I'd have this big binge. And whatever weight I lost, and maybe I'd lose five kilos over a two or three week period. Maybe if I was lucky, those five kilos, and I'm not exaggerating. Once I had that binge, would come back in a day, maybe two, and then a week later, I'd be five kilos heavier than when I even started the diet. So I went on this period, this period of time where I'd lose. Lose five kilos, gain 10 kilos. Lose five kilos, gain 10 kilos. Until I was over 400 pounds or 186 kilos. And, uh, and that was back in 2001. So I had, gained, I had gained 100 kilos over an 11-year period. But the thing is, Melissa, it wasn't just because I was weak or lazy or didn't care. I really, really did care. And before I gained the weight, I was, a, I was an athlete. I was a competitive athlete. I was a ski racer. I was a triathlete. I was a bodybuilder. I was in really good shape. And, uh, and I was effortlessly thin. And now, no matter what I do, and I mean no matter what, I am gaining and gaining and gaining. It's like a switch went off of my body where it's like a fat switch where nothing I could do. I could slow it down a little bit. I could resist it for a little bit. But it was like a tide, that, a relentless tide that just kept coming. Sooner or later, I'd slip up. Sooner or later, I'd gain the weight. And uh, and this went on, like I said, for 11 years till I was over 186 kilos or 400 pounds. And then I came to this place where I remember I had this sort of turning point. This was August of 2001. I was driving home from a movie and I was thinking about how over this, this last 11-year period, how there was nothing I could do to, get, to lose weight. And, and prior to that, I was effortlessly thin. And, and this kind of thought came into my head that said, you know, for whatever reason right now, your body just wants to be fat. And as long as it wants to be fat, there's nothing you can do to stop it. And that was sort of like this kind of light bulb turning point th thing for me because nobody ever talks about this. They, they talk about, you know, you gain weight because you eat too much. You gain weight because you don't exercise enough. Nobody ever says, you know, your body just wants to be fat. But that's what it felt like to me. And that rang true. I knew it was true. And I just pulled over off the side of the road and I sat there. And not another thought came into my head for like 20 minutes. And then I decided that I was never going to diet again. And instead, I was going to try to figure out why my body wanted to be fat in the first place. And I was lucky because I had a really solid biochemistry background. I went to, I went to the University of Pennsylvania, and I was in the business school, the, the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. But I was also thinking of becoming a doctor, so I studied all the pre-med courses of biochemistry, molecular biology, organic chemistry. I did a, did a year of biochemical research on my own. And, uh, 
And that was really useful for me because it gave me the background to be able to read all the scientific literature and make sense of it all. Most people aren't able to make sense of a scientific report because they use this biochemical nomenclature, which in my, my opinion, they just use to box everyone else out of trying to understand it and make sense of it. Uh, because they use all these big words that they don't have to use and these terms they don't have to use. And then so people don't get to understand it. But I was able to understand it and read it and make sense of it. And I read thousands of, of research reports about what makes you fat, what makes you thin, uh, the hormones, the enzymes. And I read a lot about stress. And uh, because I knew stress and the hormonal effects of stress had something to do with my weight gain. And, and right after that, that was August of 2001. And right after that, was September of 2001, and uh, I was almost on one of the planes that that were in the uh, 9/11 attacks. I was almost on the one uh, United Airlines Flight 93 that that uh, supposedly crash landed in Pennsylvania. I was I w- was almost on that flight, and when I uh, <clears throat> when I realized that that my life was spared, I thought to myself, you know, here I am over 400 pounds or over 186 kilos. I almost died. I should have died by all accounts, but I should have been, I was scheduled to be in that plane or I would have been on the plane if certain things hadn't happened. And I felt like the universe gave me a second chance. And I decided that I was sort of living on borrowed time. And I decided to stop putting my life on hold because I was living in New York, working at a job that I wasn't crazy about, didn't like. And I decided to start living the life of my dreams. And part of my dreams was to move to Western Australia, which I did. And uh, I, I bought a house in Western Australia, in Denmark, Western Australia, a beautiful place. I bought it a couple of years earlier. And I thought, well, someday I'm going to move there when I retire. You know, when I have enough money and I don't have to work anymore, I'm going to retire. But I decided that there's no more putting my life on hold. Uh, I sold my business. I moved to Western Australia. Uh, we had about 12 acres. And so I started growing my own food. Uh, living really simply, I started doing a lot of meditation, a lot of visualization, a lot of praying and asking for guidance. And I started nourishing my body, not to lose weight anymore, because I've given up on dieting and giving, given up on losing weight. I just wanted to be healthy. I, I felt grateful to be alive. and I just wanted to heal myself. And so I ate more healthy, not to lose weight, and not in a restrictive sense either, because if I wanted, I, I was still eating chocolate and pizza and chips, and I once drove 60 miles just to go to McDonald's. and. Uh, <laughs> just because that's the, that was the closest McDonald's, but uh, but I was eating, I was adding salads and super greens and things like that, things like that, and doing a lot of meditation. And without doing any restriction whatsoever, the weight started melting off of my body. And I was not even. It was very paradoxic because I was not even trying to diet anymore. But uh, but here but here I was. I was losing weight, and uh, I probably lost the first fifty kilos or a hundred pounds without even thinking about it. Without even thinking about weight loss. But all of a sudden, my clothes are just falling off of me. And everyone's saying, oh, you look so amazing, this and that. So I started doing more exercise and I started uh, kind of running with the ball a little bit. And then, and then over the next year, the weight just melted off of me. And I was in the same weight, same fitness that I was when I was an athlete. I was in shape, I was healthy, but it was all without dieting. And that's, and that's when I knew I had a message for the world that it's not just about calories in and calories out. It's not just about restriction and willpower. It's about addressing the real issues, which for me were very much stress-based, emotional-based. Eventually, I had some digestion issues and some sleep issues, which we can talk about. Uh, but all those issues just went away. And when the, when the issues went away, the issues that were causing my body to hold on to weight, the weight melted off of my body. 
And I've been the same way for since 2004 now, and I do not diet in a restrictive sense. I do address what I consider the real issues that cause you, that cause people to gain weight, which are not necessarily the the food part is important, but it's not not the be all and end all. It's like just focusing on the food is like the tail wagging the dog. Uh, there's reasons why we crave junk food. There's reasons why we crave a lot of food. There's reasons why your body wants to hold on to weight. You just those reasons, and the weight comes off. And that's been my message since then. We I wrote a book uh, back about 10 years ago called The Gabriel Method that's been translated into 16 languages and 60, it's in 60 countries, and it's been a bestseller in many countries. And, and it's, the reason is because it really makes sense to a lot of people who are being told, you just got to eat less, uh, you just, it's, you just, uh, it's just about, uh, you just got to try harder, and really shamed for not being able to take off the weight, when in reality, the advice that they're giving is wrong. And they know it's wrong, but they just don't know what the right advice is. And that's where, you know, the book has made so much sense with, for people. Thank you so much for sharing. That is just such a powerful story, such a powerful story. And I can't wait to dive into a couple of the things you mentioned. But before we go any further, can you tell us what the Gabriel Method is? The Gabriel Method is a process of losing weight by getting your body to actually want to be thinner rather than through struggle or force by addressing the issues that are causing your body to hold on to weight. And those, bi- those issues are not necessarily that you're just weak or lazy or that you eat too much. There are mind, body, and emotional and energetic reasons, triggers, that trick your body into holding on to weight for survival reasons. And when you address those reasons, your body wants to let go of weight. And when your body wants to let go of weight, losing weight is the easiest thing in the world. Now, it may take some effort to get your body to want to be thin, but it's not the same things. The things that make your body want to be thin are not the same things that force your body to lose weight when you're forcing yourself through restriction. That does not make your body want to be thin. And that's why people that force themselves to lose weight through dieting often gain it back because you're not addressing the real issues. So the Gabriel Method is the process, understanding what the real issues are, identifying them, addressing the ones that pertain to you to get your body to want to be thin so that your body is in cooperation with you and loses weight because it wants to lose weight. So how do you get your body to that place? Like, Is that just purely through visualization? No. Visualization is a technique. What you need to do is understand what those issues are. So basically, the things that cause us to gain weight, there's a scenario that I talk about in my book and also for the, for the last 10 years that, that I've been lecturing. There's a scenario that takes place in your body that, that actually tricks your body into wanting to hold on to weight for survival reasons. So if you look at weight, body fat, excess weight, there's only one reason why our bodies would store weight, and that's for protection. Protect, weight is a form of protection. Now, in a very physical sense, if you were living outdoors thousands of years ago, as our ancestors did, you were living outdoors thousands of years ago, and there wasn't enough to eat. Let's say, let's say it's wintertime. And you're living outdoors. So you're going months and months at a time without enough to eat. What are you going to eat? There's, there's no fruit. The lakes are all frozen. You can't fish. What are you going to eat for months and months at a time? And it's cold all the time. So what's happening is you're going these mo- long periods of time experiencing what I, what's known as a chronic low-grade stress. So chronic low-grade stress is a particular type of stress. It's not life-threatening in this second. But if you go long enough, you could die. So if you go long enough in a famine, you're not going to die in the next day or week or even month, but you go months and months without enough to eat, you'll, you, could, you could starve to death. 
if you go long enough where it's cold, too cold, and you're not warm enough, you're not going to die that minute, but long, days, weeks of that, you could die. So that's, that's called a chronic low-grade stress. And back then, thousands of years ago, that was the only type of chronic low-grade stress we had, was trying to survive a winter or a cold weather where there's not enough to eat, trying to survive a famine, living outdoors where there's not enough to eat. Now, in that instance, fat will protect you. If you have excess fat, when you're living outdoors in a famine, you will survive for two reasons. One, you can live off your fat stores, so you're not going to starve to death. And two, the fat will protect you from the cold weather. So in these two ways, fat is a protection from what our body understands as chronic low-grade stress. So when you're experiencing chronic low-grade stress, such as the one I just described, there's a set of stress hormones that get released into your body that actually act as a switch to your brain, because this is what we're programmed to do, to make us gain weight. So what happens is we lose the ability to burn fat, and this is a really big deal, because most people, when you go on a diet, nobody even questions do I have the ability to, to burn fat. And when you have this scenario that I'm describing, you lose the ability to burn fat. You also get insatiable junk food cravings. And when you're eating, you don't stop eating. You don't feel full as quick as somebody who doesn't have the scenario. So what will happen is you eat, 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 and eat, and eat. You've lose, lost the ability to burn fat, and then you become very efficient at storing fat. Basically, your body gets converted into a fat storage machine because of these hormones that are coming from the stress. Now, here's the interesting thing, because we don't live outdoors anymore. We don't have famines anymore. We don't have to worry about cold weather because we, have, we live in protected environments. But we still have chronic low-grade stress. We've got mental stress, emotional stress, and physical stress. The stress of trying to make ends meet, emotional trauma, uh, the, the stress, uh, digestive stresses, toxins, foods that have no nutrients, uh, what I call a nutritional famine. All these different things cause chronic low-grade stress in our bodies. And for some people, those chronic low-grade stresses cause the exact same hormonal chemistry as a famine. And by doing so, trick your brain into thinking you need to be fat for survival reasons. It's just programming. You know, you, you, you have a certain level of stress hormones in your body. I don't care who you are. You will gain weight. I don't care what you eat. You will gain weight because of the stress hormones. So, so what you need to do is you need to address the chronic low-grade stresses in your life. And now you mentioned visualization. Visualization is great for reducing uh, mental stress, which is, a which is one of the stresses that causes you to gain weight. It's also great for working through emotional issues, which is another chronic low-grade stress that causes you to gain weight. And it's great for getting your body uh, to, your mind and body to work together, uh, setting, creating positive habits, and for several other things. So that's why visualization is kind of a cornerstone of our approach because it's so powerful in, in many of these non-diet related issues that cause you to gain weight. But what you need to do is you need to figure out what those stresses are for you. And, and they're common for some of us, but some are unique for, for individuals depending on where you are and what, what, what's happened to you and, and your history. But you need to address those stresses. You have to reduce the stresses and the stress hormones and also the inflammatory hormones because they're a form of a stress hormone that causes you to gain weight. And by reducing the chronic low-grade stress hormones and the inflammatory hormones, your brain is no longer tricked into, being, into wanting to gain weight. And so what happens is you regain the ability to burn fat. You're not as hungry anymore. And I'll tell you, Melissa, the most common thing that happens when I work with people is they say, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm just not that hungry anymore. And I say, there's nothing wrong with you. You are addressing the real issues, and now your body wants to lose weight. So just relax, enjoy the process, let your body lose weight. So we get people to a place where this hormonal environment 
has been changed by working through a, a, in a mind-body approach. And when that happens, your brain is no longer wants to be fat. Your no, brain is no longer tricked into activating this famine response. And your, and your body wants to lose weight. And when your body lo- wants to lose weight, it melts off of you. It's magic. It's unbelievable. And we've had amazing, amazing experiences with people. I had one guy lose 400 pounds. He was 600 pounds. He lost 400 pounds. And I've had many, many people lose 100 and 200 pounds or you know, 100 kilos plus by working through the real issues, which are not the typical, okay, just eat less. And the other thing, you know, Melissa, is that when you understand that this famine response is the reason your body wants to gain weight, you understand why diets don't work. Because the minute you go on a diet and you force yourself to eat less, or you force yourself not to eat the foods that you're craving, this, this famine response gets, gets activated or exacerbated if it's already activated, and it makes your body even want to gain even more weight. And that's why diets don't work, because they violate your body's biology. They violate your body's survival programs. So what you have to do is you have to learn your, understand your body's survival programs and work with them, and then it becomes the easiest thing in the world. This is just such great information. So the first thing we need to address is the stress. Now, what are some actionable steps that people can do? So for people listening right now, it's very easy for them to kind of go, okay, well, what do I do next? I know I've got this stress. I know I've got this weight. What's the next steps? There's certain things that are common to everyone. There are stresses that are common to everyone. So the the first things you can do is, number one, start listening to visualizations. So we've created a number of visualizations. Uh, We have an evening visualization on our website, thegabrielmethod.com, that's free to download. Just listen to it as you're going to sleep at night. It will reduce stress, help you work through emotional issues, uh, and get your mind and body to work together. You just press play and fall asleep to it. That's the first thing. Then, during the day, drink more water. That's really, really important. Or some healthy liquid, so you're flushing out toxins and hydrating your body. Because one of the reasons why we gain weight is because we are not hydrated enough. That's a chronic stress. And then add healthy food as medicine. Forget about necessarily measuring calories or content or, 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 or quantity. Add food as medicine. So add healthy salads, add super greens, add green juices, add sprouts, spirulina, as I mentioned this morning. Add healthy foods as medicine. Drink more water. Listen to the visualizations. Those are something things you can do right now that is like an, it's like the 80-20 rule. That 20% that you do right there will take care of 80% of the issues. Right. Okay. I love it. And you've also got your 12-week program that people can check out as well, don't you? Yeah. So what's happened over the last 10 years is, you know, first we wrote the book and people said, I love it, but I want, I need, you know, more help and more support. So then we created a support group uh, and then people wanted coaching. We created coaching. And what, what we've done just recently, and this is as of last month, is this is sort of the pinnacle of 10 years worth of experience of working with people is we've created a 12-week program where you week by week focus on the different fat triggers and different stresses that cause you to gain weight. Uh, You focus on nourishing your body, on hydrating your body, on reducing stress, on working through emotional issues, on healing digestion, on detoxifying your body, on, on improving abundance, the abundance in your life, because financial stress is a big factor that can cause you to gain weight. So improving the, uh, improving the abundance in your life. So each week, we take actionable steps, simple actionable steps with the idea of creating habits so that you are nourishing your body better, hydrating your body better, healing your digestion, detoxifying your body, reducing stress, working through emotional issues, and, and improving the other aspects of your life over a 12-week period, step by step, 
systematically. And this to me is the most powerful teaching method because it's really just holding someone by the hand and saying, look, let's just create these positive habits. Because after the 12-week program is over, you have this whole set of habits in place that are automatically turning off your fat programs. They're automatically reducing stress, uh, nourishing your body, and doing all the things that, that would otherwise cause you problems so that you can lose the weight you want to lose, whether it takes you 12 weeks or 12 months to lose the weight. It doesn't matter because when you lose the weight, you keep it off. And that's the, m- the most significant thing with the people that we work with is I have people that we, I've worked with that have lost 150 kilos, 100 plus kilos seven years ago that they're, they're healthier now. I've got this one guy that's even lost uh, 75 kilos five years ago, and now he's, he's, he's lost another 20 kilos five years later, and he's got stomach muscles. He's, you, you, he doesn't have an ounce of fat. Are the, by doing these things that address the real issues, maybe it doesn't happen immediately, but it happens sustainably. And that's the most important thing is you're addressing the real issues, you're working with your body, and, and you're getting your body to want to be thin, and that when your body wants to be thin, it stays off. You're not at war with your body anymore. And that's what this 12-week program is designed to do. And we can link to that in the show notes. But what I love about you and your work and the Gabriel Method is it's a very holistic, gentle approach. This isn't about restriction or deprivation. It's a very loving, kind, like, let's remove the stresses. Like, let's visualize. Let's calm the nervous system. You have a very holistic approach, which is what I love about you and your work. But I'd love to chat a little bit more about visualization because some people listening might think, oh, that's a bit too woo-woo for me. And maybe they've never tried visualization. So for someone listening who doesn't really know what it is or how to do it, can you talk us through it? The visualizations, the way we do them, are a type of meditation. So to me, the defining characteristic of a meditation is it puts your brain waves in in a specific state. Uh, what they call the alpha state and the theta brainwave states. When your brain is in the alpha and the theta brainwave states, you're getting tremendous, tremendous benefits in many, many different ways. Now, what we do is we we put you in that state through the visualizations and then make suggestions. And what happens is uh, there's been studies where you're when you're in the alpha state and alpha and theta brainwave states, your neurons, your brain cells are more plastic. That is that they are more able to make brain connections quicker, the way a kid is. Children spend most of their time in the alpha and the theta brainwave state. And that's why they have an amazing capacity to learn because of the brainwave state that they're in makes their brain cells very plastic and very easy to create whatever the, whatever the thing is that they need to learn. They can learn it very quickly. That's why kids can learn a second language without the trace of an accent and many other things that grown-ups can't do. They're in this brainwave state. So we put you in this brainwave state where, you're, where your brain is very, very plastic and able to make these connections. And then you, make, you, you visualize your desired outcome. For example, you visualize the weight melting off of you or you visualize yourself eating a delicious salad and loving it. Uh, you visualize yourself being very productive at work or very successful at work or having a great meeting. Um, or working through an emotional issue with someone, anything that you visualize when you're in that state, it's like rehearsing for it, and you're more likely to have a successful outcome. You're more likely to, if you visualize, for example, let's say, I really want to start eating a healthier lunch. Uh, you, you visualize doing that. You visualize going to the, the restaurant, ordering the healthy thing, loving it. You're going to end up doing it, and uh, uh, much, much easier. 
Uh, you visualize if you have a meeting coming up uh, and uh, you visualize having a successful meeting and people loving it and this amazing energy coming out of you. It's like rehearsing for it in a very powerful way. And when it happens, it just all comes together. The other thing that visualization that's so good about visualization and being in that meditative state is that it reduces, it reduces chronic stress, which we're only just really tapping into how important it is to reduce stress, not just for weight, but for all chronic conditions. What we're learning is that when you're in a chronic state of stress, not only will you continue to gain weight, but you can't repair your cells because your adrenals were the, that produce stress hormones. They're either going to be in a, in a stress-producing state or in a reparative state, but they're not going to be in both at the same time. So if you're chronically in a stress-producing state, you don't produce the reparative hormones. So our cells are mutating all the time, and if you can't repair them, that's when you get things like cancers or heart disease or blood clots. You get those things because you can't repair the damage. So by get, getting into it, uh, learning how to reduce stress, you're also learning how to repair your body. But more than anything, you are enabling your body to lose weight. Now, here's what they've learned about med meditation, which again happens in the visualizations that we do, is that it inhibits the signals to and from the stress part of our brain. So there's a part of our brain in the, uh, in the limbic area of our brain, which is the emotional part of our brain, called the amygdala. It's about the size of an almond, and it's constantly, for most of us, pumping out stressful stress hormones because we're constantly feeding it stressful thoughts and it's like this feedback loop the more ho stress hormones it, it, it produces the more stress we have the more fearful thoughts we have the more stress it has and it's constantly pumping out these stress hormones and it's like putting a it's like taking a pill a weight gaining pill basically it's putting a weight gaining substance in your body all the time these stress hormones so the, so the visualizations the way that we do them they actually inhibit signals to and from the amygdala. So you stop getting this repetitive, ongoing chronic cycle of stress. Uh, and, and what it does is it enables you to activate parts of your brain that are in charge of feeling creative, supported, holistic, uh, relaxed, euphoric even. Uh, and, and then it's not just for the five or 10 minutes that you do it in the morning. What happens is you're actually rewiring your brain. So throughout the day, Instead of producing stress hormones all day, you're producing feelings of euphoria. Now, it's not going to happen day one just from one time, but if you, if you just get in the habit of every morning just pressing play and listening to the visualization, what will happen is a month, two months, three months, six months, you're, you're going to have a totally rewired brain and you're not going to be pumping out the same stress hormones. You're not going to be feeling stressed. You're not going to be feeling worried. Another thing visualizations do is they help you work through emotional issues. And this is really powerful because as, as, I've, as I've talked about, and emotions, emotional stress is one of the things that causes us to gain weight, especially if you've had emotional trauma, uh, especially if it, the emotional trauma relates to somebody being dominant or abusive toward you. Uh, many, many people tend to gain weight when they've had some sort of abuse. Uh, they did a study recently called the ACE study, and ACE is an acronym for ACE is Adverse Childhood Experiences. So what they found, and this, is, this was a study they did on 17,000 people, and they found that those Individuals that had a, had a traumatic or abusive childhood were 50 to 75% more likely to be obese. And that's not a coincidence because sometimes when you've had a traumatic experience, the weight acts as a, like a form of protection. You're less visible. For example, I was working with this one client recently, and she was in the store with her, her sister, and this man walked in, and this man was staring at her sister. And she said, because she had extra weight, she had about uh, 30 or so kilos of extra weight, 
She said, I felt safe because I knew he wasn't going to look at me. And this is a very, very common thing. And it's not just for women, it's for men too. Men can, men can have it where uh, if you're a police officer or you're working in a violent, aggressive, hostile work environment. When I was on Wall Street, one of the reasons I put on weight is I was in a really hostile working environment. What happens is the weight can make you feel safer. If you're bigger, you're less likely to be attacked. If you've been uh, abused, you're less likely to be abused. So the weight can act as a buffer. And when you have this, it's something I call emotional obesity, which is different than emotional eating. Emotional eating is you're eating to calm down. Emotional obesity is you're actually feeling safer by having the weight. The weight is making you feel safer emotionally. So that has to be addressed. And visualization is a really, really powerful way to work through emotional issues. You can visualize the event that happened that was traumatic. You can visualize it happening a totally different way. Uh, having a guardian angel there protecting you or the event not happening or you standing up for yourself or some all these different ways. I call it recreating your past. And in, in reality, it doesn't recreate your past, but to your body, it does. Because when you visualize, when you make a visual image, your body doesn't know the difference between a real and imagined experience. And that's very powerful. It gives you an opportunity to work with that kind of loophole in your brain programming and gives you an opportunity to visualize and recreate past emotional traumas in ways that are less traumatic and by doing so, have less of the trauma in your body. And we've got lots and lots of techniques that we use to work through emotional issues with visualization. So visualization to me, we also use visualization to help kill junk food cravings. It's a really powerful technique that you can use where you visualize the food that you want to, that's causing you problems and uh, take a bite out of it and visualize it being like ground glass or battery acid. And, and again, your body is another difference between a real and imagined experience. So by doing that, you create this negative association and then you don't want that food anymore. So there's so many different ways. To me, it's like, you, you know, you're, if you look at your brain as a computer, you have to know how to program it. So if you don't know how to program it, you're just stuck with the programming that you've acquired from your parents and from life. And, you're, and that's the best you can do is work with that programming. Visualization is reprogramming, is the process of reprogramming. And I'll tell you another thing that, you know, Melissa, all top athletes, all Olympic skiers, use visualization. They even created virtual reality glasses. When I was watching the Winter Olympics a few months ago, they had they created these virtual reality glasses that that let you ski the slope using visualization. Uh, 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 Michael Jordan practices visualization. Uh, Jim Carrey is a big proponent of visualization. He he uh, he once wrote a check when he was a starving actor. He used to visualize himself being successful, and he wrote a check for himself. When he didn't have a penny, he wrote a check for himself for $10 million. And he put on there for acting services rendered, and he dated it three years into the future. And three years later, almost to the day, he got a check for $10 million for the movie Dumber and D Dumb and Dumber. Almost to the day. It's, it, it, there's so many ways that you can use visualization to be successful. And, and they all affect your weight because the more successful you are in working through emotional issues, in, in being prosperous financially, uh, in, in creating healthy habits, they all affect your weight. So it, to me, it's the ultimate mind-body technique and tool for addressing the issues that are causing your body to hold on to weight and other issues too. Yes, love it. I love it. I've been visualizing and using visualization for many years. I first started meditating and then I meditate twice a day for 20 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes in the afternoon. And at the end of my meditation, I sit and do all of my visualization. So I'll visualize my day and how I want that to unfold. 
And then if there's a particular goal that I'm working on, say it was at the time last year, I was writing my book, I would visualize how I wanted that to get out into the world. And and so I would just literally sit there in my at the end of my meditation, just visualizing anything I wanted to unfold and acting as if it already has happened. And it's so powerful because it works. And everything that I have spent time visualizing has unfolded. Isn't that amazing? I was just going to ask you, I'm getting chills when you say that, Melissa, but I was just going to ask you, do you find a correlation between how things, how things go and how you visualize them? Because the, I, the way that I have found it to be so precise that it's, it's, just, it's just shocking. Uh, and I did it also when I first wrote, wrote the book, I visualized, I visualized it spreading all over the world like white light. And, uh, and, and then I saw it happen. And then, and then when, uh, when I, this was back in 2007, when the movie, the secret, so when the movie, the secret came out, I thought, wow, you know, these guys understand how powerful visualization is and visualization for weight, uh, you know, and I, and I'm sort of a living testimony to how powerful visualization is for weight loss. I would love for these guys to publish my book. And I didn't even know who these guys were, you know, I didn't know who published this secret. Uh, but I imagined them, I visualized them. Uh, publishing the book and having it spread all over the world, and three days later, I got I got a call from a um, I got a call from a literary agent in Thailand. He said, "I just read your book. Uh, it is it, it, uh, you know I love it, and I want to represent you. And the last book I represented was uh, I forget the name of the book, but uh, we sold it to a company called Beyond Words. And he, and then he said, you may not be familiar with Beyond Words, but they're the publisher of The Secret." And I said, okay, well, I don't need to know anything more about you because you obviously, I manifest, you know, you came through this visualization, so you're hired. And he, he presented it to them and they loved it. And that's what, and everything that I visualized happened. And, and this happened so many times that uh, you just can't deny. I remember being, I remember uh, when I was in Perth at the Burswood Theater, I was in this packed audience. Uh, and this is also back in 2007, even before I, I had written my book. So it probably was 2005, I think about it. No, it's 2007. But, but anyway, uh, I was watching, um, I was at a Hay House event and I was watching some of the authors speak in front of this packed audience. And I thought, I really want to be up there in this stage in a packed audience telling my story, right? So I would visualize this and I visualize being up on stage and just this white light coming out of my body and, and people really getting affected and being transformed by it. And then I got a call from this guy who was putting together a weight loss super conference, he called it, uh, Rebellious Weight Loss Super Conference in, uh, in Perth. What, do I want to speak at it? And he said, it's going to be at the Burswood Theater. <laughs> and I said, okay, sure. And all of a sudden, I'm up on stage in this packed audience, and that energy is coming through me just the way I visualized it. And, and it was such a powerful presentation that they had to stop. There was people speaking after me. They had to hold the other presentations for an hour and a half because there were hundreds of people waiting in line you know, to sign my book, for me to sign the book and talk to them. Because I don't even remember the presentation, but I just remember feeling a lot of this energy coming through me. But that was what I visualized. And so it's happened so many times for me that I, I, don't, even, I don't question it. It, it. To me, it is the creative mechanism that we were all given and nobody tells us. You know, the mind, our, we don't, the, our brains don't come in their owner's manual, but this is, this is the programming manual for, for being successful with your weight and with other aspects of life is by starting with a vision. 
Yeah, I love it. And I really want to encourage everyone to, yeah, start doing it. Just have a play around with it. Dream big, visualize big and just see how it goes because it's very amazing. And you can also keep a little visualization journal. Like that's what I used to do. I used to write down what I was currently visualizing. And then when it manifested, I would write that down as well. So I had almost like this journal of proof, you know, of all of these manifestations and visualizations that I had that I'd created. So it was really cool to have that and look back on later in life. The other thing I want to say is that it's like a muscle or, a, or a, any other talent. You get better at it over time. So you get to go, you know, when you do it, you go into a deeper state, you know, over time, it, your visualizations are much deeper, they're much more powerful. Uh, the manifestation of what you're wanting to manifest happens quicker. Uh, it's just like if you were to juggle every day, you would be dropping the ball left and right, but six months, a year, two years, five years, you're an expert. Or lifting weights, you're going to get stronger and stronger. It's like a, it's, it's the same. It's, it's, it's practicing and getting better and better at the creative aspect, the creative principle in your, in your, in your brain. Yeah, I agree. And the more you practice it, the more you're going to get better at it. I just love that. So I'd love to turn the spotlight on you a little bit more and find out what do you attribute all of your success to? I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, but <laughs> I'd love to hear. Is it the visualization? I, I, I have to say that the, you know, the visualization is certainly the mechanism. You know, if I go back to 2001, when I felt like the universe gave me a second chance, I was sort of, I had to surrender to an unknown destiny. I left everything I knew. I left my work. My wife was pregnant. I moved to another country. I didn't know what I was going to do for the rest of my life. And there was a lot of surrender. It was very humbling. And there was a lot of, and I, and I had to surrender to the fact that my life wasn't working. And that surrender was a very powerful experience. And I think put me on a different course. And since then, I've been asking for guidance and connecting with my version of a higher power. Uh, and what I do actually is I try to open my, I use visualization to open up my energy channels to, to be as clean as possible. And then I ask the, a, higher, a higher power to come through me and work through me. And then I surrender to that. And, uh, and I feel that, that's a, that that ends up putting me in a place where information comes out of me and through me that, that can be useful to other people. And I, and I see evidence of that. And that feels really good. And then it feels really, really good to live that way, to live as a vehicle, as a conduit for the higher aspects of ourselves, or the high, however you can, however you conceive of the higher energies that can come through you, to live as a conduit to that, then becomes a, you're living for another purpose. You know, you're experiencing life in a beautiful way, but you're also living. Uh, you're, you you have a feeling of purpose because you're you're this conduit, and I think everybody has the ability to do that by asking. I think uh, you have to you, you know you have to open up your channel so that that energy can come through. Uh, and then you have to ask and then you have to surrender to it. And I've been doing that every day for 10 or 15 years now, where at the end of my meditation, when I feel that I'm open, I ask the, my higher self to come in and work through me and surrender to that. And if anything that's happened that I've done has been positive for people, it's come from that energy. And I love, I, more than anything in life, I love being a conduit for that energy. I feel like that's where success comes from for everyone and, and anyone can consciously deepen that connection with their higher self or those higher energies. Yeah, I totally agree. Now, I'd love to hear, is there anything that you're currently working on or would like to improve within yourself? 
Yeah, I, I guess the biggest thing that I would like to improve in myself is to is to is to have more faith, to have more trust, not just when I'm meditating and visualizing, but throughout the day, and and to just be more present and open in the moment. Because I think I miss a lot of life because I'm so focused on creating this or creating that or or worrying about this or that. Like like I think we all do. I like when I can just relax and be in the moment and play with my kid and uh, and just enjoy enjoy life for what it has without without thinking so much about the future. So that's something that I, when I, I don't have a direct way that I'm working on it on myself, other than I sort of feel happy and kind of congratulate myself anytime I'm doing that. And I can take that step because it, it is an act of faith. You know, it's an act of faith in the universe and in your life and in your destiny to just be present in the world right now, to enjoy the moment right now is an act of faith. And, uh, and that I would love to, to, increase throughout the, the remainder of my life to have more of that faith and more of that presence. Beautiful. I love that. Now, I want to paint a little picture for you. If you had a magic wand, think of like a Harry Potter wand, and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every single high school around the world. Now, besides your books, is there one book that you would choose to pop in the school curriculum? Yeah, it's a tough one because there's a there's a, there's a really uh, there's just so um, so many thoughts that are coming to my head. But for a very specific reason, I would have to say it's Awakening Healing Energies by Montak Chia. And the reason I say that is because it actually it actually gives you a roadmap for cleaning out your life force energy channels. You we have these invisible energy channels that. Uh, Eastern medicine looks at through acupuncture, and and uh, they've studied it for thousands of years. And all disease, all stress, all problems, they cut, they manifest first as a blockage in our energy channels. And when our energy channels are blocked, we're de- literally devitalized. We're not getting life force energy to our to our body. Uh, we're having physical problems. We're having mental problems, and we're not able to be that conduit that I talk about because we can't channel those higher energies. So it actually is the first step in giving you a practice, which is, by the way, a visualization slash meditation practice. You visualize light going through your body and opening your channels. It gives you a, it gives you a, a it's practical. It's not, not inspiring. It's not, you know, there's a lot of inspiring books I'd want to share with people. But I think what, what's more useful is, is practical, uh, uh, a practical exercise. So it gives you practical visualization techniques for opening up your energy channels and once your energy channels are open, everything else happens. That's where all the magic happens. That's, that's when higher energies can come through. That's when you have more vibrance and more vitality, more energy. You can lose weight. You can uh, manifest miracles and exciting things in your life. So, it's, so, it's very, so the reason I'm suggesting that is I would love for school kids to read that. I would love for the whole world to be practicing these simple exercises for opening up their energy channels because it's probably the most practical way to expand consciousness. Because when your energy channels are open, you can bring in higher consciousness, and you have raised your consciousness. So it's so it's so for the practicality and usefulness of it, I would say that's the book. Mm, sounds amazing. I'm going to link to that in the show notes for anyone who wants to check it out. Now let's talk about how your day looks, and if you have a morning routine, can you share your morning routine and how you prime yourself for the day? Yeah, well, I definitely have a morning routine, and I would consider my morning routine to be the most important part of my day, because if, I, uh, if my morning routine is not right, the rest of my day is not going to be right. 
it's like going to put me on a tailspin and I'm going to be making bad decisions. I'm going to be reactive. I'm going to, at the end of the day, I'll be, I'll regret all the things that I did. In order to understand my morning routine, let me just say that over the years, I've become addicted to meditation. So uh, that's, I'm sort of a closet meditator. I don't teach meditation per se, but I've been meditating for anywhere from one to three hours a day for many, many, many years now. And that's the, that's how I start my day. So, but you also have to understand when I say that, that I worked up to that. So I, so if I say I'm meditating for an hour, two hours, three hours, it's not, it doesn't mean that the, you, you know, the people that are listening, that's not what I would recommend that you would necessarily do, but just at least start with 10 minutes or five minutes. What happens is over time, you start loving it more and more. You start getting more and more benefit and you wouldn't, and it's not a chore. It's to me, it is the most enjoyable part of my life. I don't care what the rest of my day holds. Nothing to me is, is as enjoyable as those, as those hours when I'm meditating. Nothing, absolutely nothing, nothing compares. So that's, that's also my joy in my life and my passion. And so what I do is I, I, I have this meditation that I do. And uh, during the meditation, I also I get inspiration about different aspects of my life. At the end of the meditation, I visualize, as you, as you do and as you've described, how my day is going to be and how the next couple of months are going to be. And then when I feel completely opened and clear, I ask, I ask my higher self to come in and work through me. And then I surrender to my higher self and allow it to completely work through me. And I imagine this explosion of light coming into my body uh, and then going out into the world. And, uh, and that's how I start my day. That's my morning routine. And then I go off and, you know, maybe I'll have breakfast. Maybe I'll work out. Maybe I'll start working right away. At that point, it doesn't matter, but that's that's the the crux of, of how I start my day. Mm, me too. It always begins with a meditation, and it's just so powerful. So thanks for sharing that, and you've inspired me to extend my meditation time. Every once in a while, and it kind of took me by surprise, where you get in this place where you just can't move. I mean, you can, but you don't want to move. And then, and then when you get into that place, the, the bliss that comes, it's it's just so beautiful, and you just. You know, for me, I it's just I just want to give myself as much space as I possibly can. So there will be times where I'll make a lot. If I have to go to sleep real early, like I remember one time I was on I was doing some filming with a friend of mine in Western or Western Australia. He was my videographer for years, and I had to pick him up at six in the morning. And uh, I was getting lost trying to find the house. And this friend said, "Do you think John overslept?" And my videographer said, because he knows me, he goes, no, man, he's been up for hours. He's been up since three in the morning meditating. And it was true. I had been, I, I, I did, I went to sleep real early so I could get up early and have my meditation. Uh, it's just that I got lost in the way. But, you know, the people that know me know that one way or another, I'm going to make allowances. I would rather have my enjoyment then than, you know, be at, watch TV for three hours at night and go to sleep at 11 or 12 and not be able to wake up early enough to have my meditation. But it didn't always, it started out, you know, 10, 20 minutes, and then it just grew from there. And, uh, and it's not always, you know, it's usually uh, uh, any, at least an hour, but sometimes more, uh, a lot more. But, but it's just, it happens. You know, you get to this place where you just are frozen by it, and you don't want to move. And it's just, it's the coolest thing in the world when it happens. So you, you want, it's cool to, to allow some space for that. Yeah, absolutely. Pure bliss. I know that space. It's absolutely beautiful. Now I've got three little rapid fire questions for you. In your opinion, what is one of the most important things that we can do today for our health? The best thing you can do is 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 do a visualization. And again, we've got lots of free visualizations on our site at thegabrielmethod.com. So 
I would say listen to the evening visualization as you're going to sleep at night. You will notice a difference the next day in, in your cravings, in uh, your water consumption, and the choices that you make in your energy. Just play it, listen to it as you're going to sleep at night. That's the, if it's just one thing, that's the thing. Awesome. Next one is, what is one thing we can do, one of the most important things that we can do for more wealth in our life? So, more abundance in all areas of our life. I have this one visualization that's an abundance visualization, and you can all, anyone listening can try this. So, what you do is you imagine that you're in this infinite ocean, uh, like as far as you can see of, like, of abundance. Now, when I say ocean, I don't mean necessarily water. It could be a cl- like a cloudy sub, you know, light. It's just light. It's like an infinite ocean expanse of light, an infinite ocean of light. And, and that o- infinite ocean of light is really just an ocean of abundance. And so much abundance that just one drop of that is more abundance than Bill Gates has, more, you know, more abundance than just, just anyone can have in a million lifetimes, just one drop, and you're in this ocean of it. And then as you're sitting there, you just imagine that all the pores of your skin open up, and all of that abundance comes rushing into your body, filling every cell of your body with the energy and the vibration of abundance. And then when that's happening, then you imagine what your life would be like if you had everything you want, whether it's having a billion dollars or the perfect romance or the perfect family life or the perfect house, every single thing, the sky's the limit. Once, you, once all that energy is coming in, you then visualize everything that you want that, that's in terms of abundance. And, and then imagine it happening uh, over, over a three-month, six-month, one-year period as you, as you visualize your coming days, you imagine more and more of that thing happening, more and more wealth or success or love and, and growing and growing over a three to six month period. It's a really powerful uh, way to attract abundance and also kind of vibrate at the same frequency as abundance, which, which helps you get into the place where you're able to bring abundance into your life. Awesome. I love that. And the last one was, and I kind of think I know what you're going to say, but what's one thing we can do for more love in our life? I believe that we bring into our lives what's similar to, the, to what we have inside ourselves already. So, so in other words, whatever frequency we're vibrating at, that's how the outside world's going to come to us. So when it comes to love, you, what, what, uh, what we can do is to bring more love inside ourselves to actually love ourselves more in a very tangible way. And here's another visualization you can try. You can imagine, uh, you can imagine your heart just overflowing with love, like a spotlight. If you imagine your heart like a spotlight and it's shining to your whole body and just radiating love. And you can even imagine if you have, uh, if you have like a, a um, spiritual uh, person that you follow alive or dead, uh, like Mother Mary, Mother Teresa, Mother Mary, Jesus, whatever the spiritual person, imagine them touching your back and filling your body with love. And imagine your heart like a spotlight radiating to every cell of your body. And while it's radiating to every cell of your body, you imagine every cell of your body saying at the same time, I love you. Just over and over again, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. By doing that, you are vibrating at the frequency of love. And if you are vibrating at the frequency of love, the outside world will reflect that back to you because that's your frequency. And that's what the outside world does. It always reflects back whatever you're vibrating at, whatever your frequency is. So you're changing your frequency to the vibration of love 
and then the outside world, you'll try it and see if there's a correlation, the outside world will then vibrate back to you or, sh- or reflect back to you that frequency in the form of love. Yeah, beautiful. So beautiful. This has been so helpful and inspiring and I've just loved everything you've shared. It's been so in-depth and I'm so, so grateful. Is there anything else that you want to share or anything that you want to talk about that I haven't asked you or any last words of wisdom? It's been a really cool interview. I've been, I've loved the questions. I love talking with you and uh, your sh- I love your show. So it's, it's really cool. Uh, I would say, you know, the strongest thing you can do in life uh, for me is is to follow your heart. You know, we're just talking about your heart, to trust your heart, trust your intuition, trust your guidance, follow it, deepen your connection with your internal guidance and, and your intuition uh, and trust it. And by doing that, you're always going to be living in your life's purpose and your life's path. And when that happens, and they do find a correlation, it's a high correlation between people that live a, have a strong sense of purpose and health and fitness and weight loss. That is, the, that is when people do have a stronger sense of purpose, they're more likely to lose weight and be healthy. So that's sort of one-stop shopping for all, every aspect of life. So I would encourage you all to follow your heart, uh, deepen your connection with your with your higher powers and higher guidance and your intuition and trust and follow that and watch the miracles happen. Beautiful. And I'm a massive believer in service and being of service to others. So I would love to know, my final question is, how can I and the listeners serve you today? Thank you for asking that. That's a beautiful question. But I believe that by spending so much time asking for uh, these higher energies to work through me, that I feel it serves the world. And I feel that if, that if everybody were to do that, this world would be paradise. If everybody were to spend time every morning asking for higher energies to work through them and, 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 and offering service to those higher energies, this world would be paradise. So if there's any one thing that you or anyone else can do to me for me is, is to go inside and ask for higher guidance and higher energies to work through you. Uh, however you conceive of higher energies, beautiful, benefic, loving, higher energies, however you conceive of that, to work through you and to be of service to that energy, and then this world will only more and more be transformed into paradise. Mm, beautiful. My gosh, I just love everything that you've shared so much. It's so beautiful. I just want to acknowledge you for the amazing work that you're doing in the world and for all of the love that you're pouring out and all the work that you continuously do on yourself. I'm so grateful to know you and to have you in my life, you and Kayleen and your little Leo. I'm so grateful to know you guys and for all the work that you're doing and for your time today for this beautiful conversation. I know so many people are going to get so much out of it. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. Awesome. And thank you, Melissa. And everything that you say right right back at you. I, I love being friends with you and your, and your beautiful family and uh, your little Leo also. And, uh, and just knowing you guys and the amazing work you're doing and everything that you're doing is just fabulous. So thank you very much for having me on here. Really appreciate it. What an inspiration. Oh my goodness. I got so much inspiration from today's episode. And if you did too, please subscribe and leave me a five-star review in iTunes or on your podcast app, because that means that we can inspire even more people together. And don't forget to tell me on social media, either on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, who you would like me to have on the show. 
And for everything that John and I mentioned in today's episode, you can check out in the show notes and that is over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 105. And you can listen to all my other episodes there too. Just another reminder that you can get my book, Open Wide, A Radically Real Guide to Deep Love, Rocking Relationships and Soulful Sex. And to get your hands on a copy right now, all you have to do is head to melissarambrosini.com forward slash open wide. And if you head there, you will also get access to my free open wide video masterclass that Nick and I created just for you. It's so juicy and epic and stuff that we couldn't talk about in the book. Go there, check it out. You guys are going to love it. And if you want to be the review of the week for next week, make sure you head to iTunes and you leave me a review. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here. I don't think you know how much it really means to me. I love doing these episodes every week for you. And to know that you are on the other side listening just means the world to me. And I want to honor you and thank you for wanting to be the best version of yourself and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. Take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you have got to do to get this in their ears because you might just save their life and their health. So do it right now. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy. Healthy is liberating and wealthy isn't a dirty word.